FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 101 of the podcast that goes snicked. We're your host, Jason and Denise Venable. What's up? And this is it, the episode we've all been waiting for. Are you waiting for? We're gonna kick off the <laughs> We're gonna kick off the death of Wolverine, the beginning of the grand finale. Dun 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 And speaking of grand finales, we also have the end of original sin. <laughs> and we um carry on with Professor X's Will and Testament. Last Will and Testament. Yep, and that's it. That's the only three books we got this episode. That's it? Yep. All right, well, without further ado, here we go. I'm one <laughs> dead or alive. I'm one dead or alive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I did not know that was coming. <laughs> No, he didn't. I'm always game to do my Richie Zambora background vocals. Always. And you did them perfectly. I always do. It's one of my favorite parts about being alive. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, this is it. Death of Wolverine, number one of four. Dun, dun, dun. This is written by Charles Soule. Pencils by Steve McNiven of Old Man Logan fame. Eker is Jay Lyson, or Lyson, 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 to what the flower people say. Justin Ponsor is the colorist, Chris Eliopoulos is the letterer, and then McNiven, shh, Lyson, and Justin Ponsor do the cover. And on the cover, I have a cardstock cover with a little bit of foil embossing, and it's a Wolverine silhouette. And it's costume with his claws, and there's like a target, and then Wolverine's in the target inside his own silhouette. Yeah. You don't like it? Okay. I think this is a great cover. I thought it was great, too, until I read the bonus material, and they We'll had talk a, about that at the end. They had a sketch of a possible cover, which I thought was way cooler. All right, we'll, we'll talk about those after we do our story. So after I saw that, disappointed... Oh, I think it's a great cover. It'll probably be our uh, title image. I also don't like that Wolverine's like disemboweled. Like, I don't, what do you call that? Like, he's, he's not. He's cut floating. off. <laughs> he's a floating torso. Nothing's meant to float. Poop. <laughs> <laughs> we got a floater. Okay. I do like how there's red in the water. There's blood in the water. It's Shark Week. 
Yeah, I guess I kind of wished it would have like it would have been more like him waist high in water, and that's where he got cut off. Maybe he is. How do you know? I don't know. I'm okay. guessing. Well, then on the inside, does the iPad have these black and white renditions? The iPad currently does not like me. Uh, you can't get your comics? I can get the cover. Have you not downloaded it yet? I clicked download, like before I sang my little ditty, and it was still downloading. Oh, you already went past this, so you don't have this. So on the inside flap, we have black and white ink-only portraits of two of our splash pages. I thought that was a nice touch. It was, and I'm disappointed because on the iPad, it goes from the cover to the end. <laughs> Spoiler. Sorry. <laughs> FYI, this podcast may contain spoilers. <laughs> so our first page is a big black page with a white the end on it. This is the end. My only friend, the end. Oh, my. So that's we start with the end, which... I think in a worse story, it could be kind of, ooh, look how clever I am. I actually think uh, Soul, with his story, pulls this off. I think it's a cool way to start. What do you think? Yeah, I oh. think it's, oh, so let me rephrase that. I think it's better with the two black and whites in front of it. Because I feel like I'm getting a snippet of life fading away. Right. And then it's like or the like, end. Like scene, like if it was a movie, it'd be two little scenes fading out and then yeah. they come up with the end. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I kind of feel that. like, oh, did I just see Wolverine die? What the hell? Right. And then the end. And then the end. And you know you're going to go backwards. Yeah. That's kind of what we do at the start. So we start off with Wolverine all beat to hell on a broken stoop in a cabin. His claws the are cabin. Out. It's uh, He's in British Columbia out in the woods in Wolverine's cabin. There's blood in the ground. There's a knife. There's shotgun shells. He's got bloody claws out. I think this is a great opening panel. It is. It's awesome. It's a full page spread. And he's addressing all his senses. So he's like, sense on the wind, gun smoke, blood, sounds, nothing, silence, pain, hands. Yeah. I guess all that's left is what he sees. <laughs> well, that's three of the five. What's the, uh... Taste. Oh, yeah. Blood in my mouth. See sunrise over the forest. There we go. I do like... Now we're, now we're five for five. You're welcome, Marvel. I do like as he's walking, you know, he passes like a pair of shoes hanging in the tree about his head level. Yeah, like he threw a guy up in the tree. So so he stands up and we see the sunrise in front of him, which I thought was a really cool It is cool because uh, the sun shines like through his shirt. Yeah, it's really nice. And then he, we see him walking away and his, his poor little cabin has been desecrated and destroyed. Desecrated. <laughs> that wasn't really the right word. Not quite that biblical. No. <laughs> Pillars of salt and uh, yeah. sulfur has not really. But he's down. walking with his head down, and you can tell there's been like a big battle. And yeah, we see like a pair of shoes hanging out of a tree, a pair of legs. I and love then, this title page. Yeah, so we get the title page as a double spread, and we see Wolverine, his back and his arms, and then between his arms, we see bodies just strewn through the forest. And a lot of them have uh, six claw marks through them or three at a time or whatever yeah there's there's been a fracas let me get a little caption sounds like you ain't found me that miracle and we flip over to then which is just a fancy way of saying the past, the past. yeah and wolverine at some point after he lost his healing factor is meeting with reed richards and I really like this whole interaction. It's nice. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> Get it? Fantastic Four? <laughs> I actually didn't mean that. 
But anyway, not being a huge Fantastic Four fan, I really enjoyed the interplay and how they even kind of played on, like, these two characters don't necessarily get along. Right. And I thought that was really cool. So, let's do a dramatic reading. You be, uh, not Professor Fantastic, Mr. Fantastic, and I'll be Wolverine. Why can't I be Wolverine? Okay, fine, be Wolverine. No, I'll be Professor Fantastic. Mr. Fantastic. Actually, he should be Dr. Fantastic by this point, shouldn't he? I would hope so. As, as for such a genius, why yeah. is he still a mister? Come on, quit slacking, Reed. Didn't last tuition bill. Yeah, All right. They wouldn't call them miracles if they weren't easy, Logan. God help you if you ever get in a serious concussion. The usual procedure calls for removal of a small section of the skull to relieve the pressure. But with this adamantium... I'll watch myself read. So lay it out for me. All right, listen. Dramatic pause. Oh. Okay. All right, listen. You've lost your healing factor, if you didn't know already. (laughs) The problem is, is that everything you do, your entire physical structure is built around the fact that you can rapidly heal from almost any injury, if you didn't know that already. Or you could, if you didn't know that. (laughs) Here's a metal skeleton for you to look at. You still got your strength, your speed, that's good. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to move with this much metal inside you, so you didn't quite lose everything. But that's only the good news. That's the only good news. You gotta say the words in the right order and they change. It's a dramatic reading. I'm dramatically (laughs) changing everything. Your bones are mildly radioactive from various exposures over the decades. Didn't you tell me you once were present in Nagasaka? Yeah. Yeah, well, you're a prime candidate for heavy metal-related leukemia. Heavy metal can give you leukemia? (gasps) Oh, that Metallica. (laughs) I'm doomed myself. If you don't get... I thought it could only give you anthrax. Wow. All right, carry on. If you don't get endocard... What the hell is that Endocarditis? Yeah, that. From all the bacteria you pull in yourself every time you use those claws, I can solve this for you. I I can speak with Stark and Hank McCoy. Oh, we can. Already seen them. You're the last genius on my list, Retro. No offense. None taken because we've never been close. But that doesn't mean I want to see you die. You're important, Logan. The things you've accomplished in your life, the world needs you. (laughs) I don't think Reed Richards is from the South. (laughs) He is in my world. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Where the hell am I? I'm General Patton. You're down here. (laughs) Hey, there's only one way to fight this war. It's to put a knife in the other. No, just kidding. Uh... I I can can reactivate your healing factor. I know I can, but I need time. We have the technology. We can rebuild you. You have to stop fighting. Just hold up somewhere. Hold up. Hold up. Get your hole up there. (laughs) Yeah, see, that's the problem. Warren's going to get out. Don't know how. Don't know who, but it will. And then they'll come hunting. Open season. Let me scratch my wrist real fast. Got an itch? Yes. Is that endocarditis? I don't know what that means. (laughs) Well, fine. But you don't have to invite it. And for God's sake, Logan, please don't 
use the claws. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> All right, so we get a close-up of Wolverine's claws, and they're sliding into his hand, and he's gr- grimacing in pain, and he's going to Eric's pub in town or on the coast. And he has a little flashback. He's been coming here a long time. Yep. But now there's a new bartender, but he knows Logan. And he gets him some whiskey and some rags to clean his hands with his roto-dial phone. And the bartender doesn't seem at all... Phased. Yeah, the no. Wolverine's coming in like half he's, he's beat up and it. bloody. Yeah, he's used to it. Wolverine got his, uh, what was it, when Wolverine had his costume back behind a bar? Yeah. I think he's got right. one back here. Probably, yeah. And then Wolverine makes a phone call, wanting to hear a friendly voice. I have no idea who this is. And he hangs up on him. <laughs> as soon as he tells him it's good to hear a friendly voice, he hangs up. Yep, I'm so, done. So who do you think he's talking to? It's someone at least kind of hyper, right? Yeah. So maybe Giddy? Possibly. It's or not maybe. Storm. It doesn't sound like Storm. And it, Jubilee? I don't know. For some reason, it sounds feminine to me. It does. Yeah, so Ju- yeah, Jubilee's a good candidate, too. So at first, I thought, well, he's going to call. He'll call Storm or Nightcrawler. Yeah. But it doesn't sound like either of them. So I'm going to say... You're probably right. Probably Jubilee. And runner-up would be Kitty Pride. No, it's not really that important to the story. No. But my curiosity needs to be... It just kind of shows Wolverine's like, I want to be close to somebody, but I can't be that close to anybody. All right. And we get this thing, because remember at the end of Cornell's Wolverine, he talked about how he was going to run off and find himself. Right. So I don't know when the meeting with Reed Richards was. Could this be the chick from uh, who was writing the book? I doubt it. Okay. Just throwing it out there. No, because even, because remember, even when he had a chance to see her in San Francisco, he called Storm instead. Um, so I don't think he can call her now. I do like that the whiskey is Ween's Canadian whiskey, like Lynn Ween, his creator. Right. That's twice in like two episodes we've had yeah, an Easter egg for Lynn Ween. The, the forest. Yeah. The Jubilee. The park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he hangs up and he's asked for a glass says he'll take a drink after all, not just use it to clean his hands. Oh, you know, by the way, though, I've never heard the idea of his claws giving him bacteria before. But it makes sense. Not to go backwards, but I thought that was a really nice touch, the way that Soul used Reed Richards, who's very, like, scientific nerd, to, like, talk about all the science and practical implications of Wolverine using his healing factor. Yep. All right, sorry to backtrack. Back to where we were. So he tells the bartender that some people might come looking for him. And he's like, friends? He's like, probably not. So then he walks out, and then we see time pass. We've got people playing pool. It's nighttime. The bar is full. Then it's morning. People are gone again. And then we get a voice-off panel. Four beers, please. Don't matter what kind. And we see Nuke. As the very long as it's American. Nuke. Yeah. Of course, Nuke has his big American flag tattoo on his face. He, was um, he drunk when he got that? Nope. Nope. He's a super patriot. In all wow. the worst Fox News kind of ways. Wow. He's got giant gun holes in him. Yeah, he's got scars. Anyway, so the bartender pulls out a rifle and says, Remington's an American brand, isn't it? And the guy pays him for a $16 beers with a couple hundred bucks. And he's like, what's this for? And Nick says, for this. And he breaks the gun. And he says, we're looking for someone short, mean son of a bitch. Calls himself Logan. We know he was in this town. And this, this is his kind of place. Chances are you've seen him. And like the bartender doesn't really flinch. No, nope, he's like... I think like, he's kind of worried when he sees a guy break his gun. Like, yeah. oh, this guy's really strong. 
But then he leans right into him and says, yeah, I've seen him, but he's gone. And he said, you come. You're not surprising me. And he left this. Yeah. He goes, you're a little late. Yeah, and he left the map. And on it, in magic, red magic marker, there's an X where his cabin is. And it says, come on then, you cowards. So then we see some binoculars. And we're on Wolverine's little island. Uh, and there's a dock and there's a boat. And Newt sends a guy to check the boat out and it blows up. <laughs> Boom goes the dynamite. Yeah. And then somehow Wolverine rocks the boat, the boat that Nuke's on. They all dive in the water and Nuke's like, swim, make it to the coast where you don't survive. And we see two guys with them. We've pulled underwater in a bloody mess. But Nuke in his uh, American tattoo and American workout pants <laughs> climbs onto the beach. You think they're velour? And he says, oh no. And I really like that close up on his eyes and the worried look. Yeah, but I like... The floppy better. And the iPad is too bright. It doesn't oh. look as um, foreboding. Oh, okay. And then we pan out. We see Nuke on the shore in the water's edge. But then all across the shore is a littered bad guy bodies. We got some hand ninjas. We got some aim agents. Looks like one of Silver Samurai's ro- robot ninja guys. Just some random mercenaries probably. Uh, Wolverine basically says, half those guys took each other out trying to get at me. And the rest decided they'd rather fight than have a conversation. And then he thinks, Beer, doom, wax, fried food. Oh my gosh, baby, we gotta work on your reading skills. Beer, oh, beer, dome wax. <laughs> like for his head, because he shaves his head. I don't have my glasses on. <laughs> you don't wear glasses. I do too. Never. I wear them at work. You're supposed to wear them, but you don't ever put them on. I wear them at work. They're at work on my desk. Anyway, I love this panel. We get a full page spread of Wolverine popping out of the water in his wetsuit. We have a silver sun in the background. And we have fat old Nuke leaning in the water on his knees. Having an oh poop moment? Yeah. I like the way McNiven draws Nuke. We'll talk about the problems I have with Nuke in a minute. I like the way that he draws him as kind of a burnout tough guy. Yeah. Like when you see an old wrestler dude. Yeah. I think he even talks about that in the bonus features. Compares him to an old wrestler that used to be really buff and really tough, but now he's just kind of out of shape. So he's still really strong and has a lot of muscle, but there's some fat over it. Yeah. Anyway, I like the rendition. So they go for it. And Nuke throws him against a rock, almost knocks him out, but Wolverine gets up. And Nuke's mad. He says, don't go easy on me, boy. I want to earn my money. I want a good fight. Wolverine just starts. He doesn't use his claws. No. Like he Newt, uses his like head. Like thinks. He just headbutts him with his metal skull over and over again. Smashes his face. Literally smashes the American flag skin off of his face. So is he not... Is Newt- I don't remember. I You know, I don't really like Nuke that much. I don't remember his origin exactly. He's part of the Weapon Plus program. I don't remember him having like a metal skeleton. But maybe this explains part of why he's here. And we'll get to that later. Okay. I feel like everything is later. We'll we'll get to it now. Part of my problem with this book, or with Nuke's appearance, oh no, we'll get to it later. Okay. I I have a slight problem with Nuke's appearance, but this might explain some of it. So anyway, Wolverine's like, guy's going to keep coming anywhere I go. Now I want to know who's doing it, who's got the hit on me, and I'll let you live. You're going to be the only person I let live. And he hasn't used his claws yet, but he's got his fist under Nuke's chin. Like he can pop him at any second. And so you're going to tell me who this is, and you're going to leave. You're going to tell everybody to leave me the hell alone because you're the only person that leaves alive. You tell them that. They come, they're dead. 
They try to kill hurt other people I love to get to me. They're dead. I ain't got nothing to lose. I'm killing everybody. Dun, dun, dun. So Nuke says contract came out of Madripoor. Uh-oh. You know who that is. Viper. And then we end with a very interesting panel of Viper on her throne, her underworld throne, and she's got Sabretooth on a chain and collar. I think it's funny that Viper's dressed in green like, um, oh, Jabba the Hutt. Viper's and, always dressed in green. Well, yeah, As opposed, this skin. is how Viper should be, not that shit in the movie. Well, and I love how Sabretooth is in brown, like the Leia Slave Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's all I saw. I was like, oh, it's the reverse yeah. of Jabba and Leia. Yeah. But this isn't our suit and tie saber tooth. This is our savage saber tooth. I'm still just throwing it out there. There's a possibility of saber tooth clones running around. Hmm. Anyway, I'm used to saber tooth being in charge of the hand, not the lap dog of the viper. So I don't know. We'll see what all this means. It's definitely intriguing. It has me intrigued. All right. So nuke. All right. So I don't know how this story is going to play out, but this first issue feels like a video game. Okay. And I mean that in the way of, like, we missed the part where he cut through the cannon fodder, but we saw the evidence. But now nuke is like the level one boss. Okay. So he's not going to be the coolest bad guy we see. Kind of intentionally lame. Kind of second rate. Because he's not the main boss. Right. He's just the first level or first issue boss. He's the big bad for this issue, but we're not done yet. So I, in that regard, while I'm not a very big Nuke fan, I don't mind his inclusion. Here's a problem I have, and maybe the metal under his skin plays into this. Nuke died in Captain America recently, like in the recent story, part of the Iron Nail story arc with Rick Remender. And he died when the Iron Nail turned him into an actual nuclear bomb and blew him up. Ouch. Yeah. Now, Nuke's death takes place before Captain America lost his super soldier serum and became Old Man Rogers. Okay? Okay. Now, in Uncanny Avengers, we have Old Man Rogers and Wolverine alive coexisting, which means that Nuke died before Wolverine died. So we're already trying to juggle continuity in a weird way. And this probably bothers me more than it should. Probably. But still. Pull out your org chart. Yeah. We'll figure it out. I found it a little annoying. But maybe the metal skeleton, maybe Nuke got like saved or rebuilt. Some of his pieces got put back together. I don't know. But anyway, that aside, that's really kind of my only complaint of the book. And it's very okay. minor and ticky tack. Okay. All right. So what did you think of the book? What do you think of the art? I don't know if you've had a McNiven book that you've done before. No, I thought the art was fantastic. Yeah, I love Steve McNiven. I first started reading him back when he was in CrossGen, and I've loved everything he's done since then. Of course, his old man and Logan story was fantastic. Huge fan, and this book was no exception. Just top-notch art all the way around. I really liked, like, he drew Nuke like a wrestler, and he drew the fight like a wrestling match. Yes. I just thought that was really cool. It was very cool. The action flowed well. Um, the, the lighting and shading in the scenes was really good. Just the art art team all together. Uh, also with Jay Leeson and Justin Ponsor. Just a great looking book. What did you think of the story? So overall, I, I think I told you that whole part of three months to die could have been like three flushes <laughs> and done. This 
It's flipping awesome. Yeah, I love it. I disagree with you a little bit. I think this is a natural extension of where the Wolverine series ended. So I think they kind of go hand in hand. I do. I like Soul overall usually a little bit better than I, I would rank him a little higher than Cornell. But, but that's because I like Charles Soul a lot. I think he's really, really good. Right. He's one of the best new artists in the la- or best new writers in the last couple of years. I don't know. I thought everything that this story had was what the other ones were lacking. And a lot of emotion, a lot of pathos, yes. a lot of action. I mean, there was still a lot of dialogue, but you didn't sit there and go, yeah. oh my gosh. But be fair, though, a lot of the emotion explained or displayed is through the art. So yes. they make it's the team, the, the writing and the art that come together to really portray. Like, you know what Wolverine's feeling inside, not just by what he says with his narration, well, but also how he looks, his body posture, his facial expressions, even the coloring and mood. But I think that's the other thing is this book was so concise. Like, yes. you didn't need three pages to figure out that Wolverine was sad or that he was hurt or whatnot. I mean, you got it right off the bat. And I think that was my issue with Three Months to Die is it dragged on because we <laughs> needed four pages to explain that Wolverine was finding himself. And I feel like this book within yeah, like... It doesn't say the words finding himself or leaving or anything at no. all. But you get the whole thing. Yes. In fact, even if you didn't read the last Wolverine story, you know when he calls on the phone. Right. He says, hey, I just need to hear a friendly voice. That he's been off by himself for a while. Yeah. Like the, the context clues tell you all the information you need to know. Yeah. And I agree. That's a little bit superior writing in my opinion. Okay, well, let's rate it, and then we'll talk about the the quote-unquote bonus material. It's going to get a 6 out of 6. I'm also going to give it 6 out of 6. My nitpicking about Nuke's appearance aside, I thought this was a pretty great way to start this miniseries. Yeah, even with with you nitpicking, I knew you still thoroughly. I I enjoyed it. It It's one of of the better Nuke appearances, I think, (laughs) because he just kind of, he he said stuff like, yeah, American, I want American beer. Yeah. You know, but... He did it, like, the last time he was in Captain America, and I love, Rick Remender's also one of my favorite writers, but his version of Newt kind of graded on me a little bit, because, like, every other word was, this is for America. That was kind of a chore to read, but this didn't feel like a chore at all. So I actually kind of enjoyed Newt's appearance, which I normally don't like the character very much. Well, and I loved the... You know, where Nuke himself is like, crap, what I get myself into? Right. And he's just another hitman in this issue. He's not out. I mean, he does say, my American dream needs financing. Right. But, you know, that's a, yeah. But it's not every line. But anyway, so yeah, I'm also going to give Death and Wolverine six out of six claws. All right. So let's talk about our bonus material. Bonus. I told Denise, though, if I'm... It's not really bonus material if I'm paying an extra dollar for it. You're pay- that extra dollar is going towards the uh, cardstock cover and yeah, the foil. Yeah, the foil probably. There's also going to our exclusive bonus material. And so the first thing we have is two sketches, unfinished, rough, of alternate cover ideas. Which I think both of these way more awesome than the actual cover. As an artist, See, I don't I know. I think they're cool covers. Uh, all right. I so really... the first one is Wolverine standing almost waist deep in water, and we see blood streaming out, three little blood streams from where his claws are, and right. his, his hand is dipped in the water. And his hair is all wet and floppy, and he's got a knife, 
And we got people in the background uh, with a little line that says mercenaries. And we have the scope target around his head. I think that would probably be a really awesome cover. It was, but if you read the thing, they're saving some elements for a future cover. Well, no, he said he used the red and the water on this cover. And he says he used it later in the final version, which is the cover we have. See, I, okay. So I kind of want to talk to the cover artist because, first of all, they say the second version really didn't work. Why didn't it work? I think it's awesome. I think it has the most, like, organic lines and the most interesting story. Yeah. So it's a boat, which is obviously the boat on the river Styx. And we have the ferryman, Death. And the target's around his head, which that part, I agree, is kind of weird. Because the target is on Death's head, not Wolverine. And then Wolverine's in the boat, and we have blood spilling over out of the boat and it makes three drips like three claws right i think it's an awesome cover i don't know if it would have been uh, the best choice for number one i can see this maybe being like the cover to number three or number four and we may still get a variation of this i haven't seen all the covers yet yeah i just i mean okay i get what you're saying about how the scope is around death's head instead of wolverine's head but that's an easy fix i don't know in this layout that it is though if you put it over Wolverine's head, then it goes, it detracts from Death's body. Like, I think it'd be difficult to lay out and make it look cohesive and cool. Okay. I just, the way this was worded in the write-up, it just made it sound like, second cover's full of crap, so we're not going to use it. And it's <laughs> not full of crap. As an artist, it's, it's awesome. And the first one I love in the fact that he says he uses the blood and the water on the cover. Well, I'm not a fan of the front cover. I liked the idea of the three like rivers of I do that is really cool. Yeah. yeah. And I so agree. his whole fading up to red doesn't do anything for me. I hope if we get I don't know if we get bonus material every issue or not. If we do, I hope at some point he actually d- finishes these a little bit. I hope so too. Just to see them. Alright, so then we get the the cover we have with just the inks. Which I think looks pretty cool in black and white, too. Don't like it. Then we get the cover we have. Then we get sketches of the pages. And he kind of just talks about different stuff. Here he talks about his design for Nuke. Talks about the fighting. You know, he drew a version of the last panel where Sabretooth was too small. Uh, he, he makes a joke about how the inker must get sick of him making Wolverine so hairy. And he's got to ink all those lines. And then we get an interview with Wolverine co-creator Len Wein. And most of this, if you if you're hip to the history of Wolverine, you've seen a lot of this in different places before. But it's very interesting. And since you're paying for this bonus material, you might as well read it. Yes. But it's a good interview. I won't go into it too much. But it's a good interview. And a lot of insight. He throws a lot of bones to Dave Cockrum. And he just talks about kind of the evolution of the character. And he talks about how... He makes a couple of points. He says uh, heroes are like sharks. They have to keep moving or they die. So if the character gets stagnant, no one cares, basically. Right. And then he said uh, creating a character is kind of like having a baby. You, uh, you birth it. You put it out there. You try to give it the tools to make the right decisions and to grow into a good person. But really, it goes where it wants to go. Yeah. <laughs> Those are two interesting quotes. Then we see uh, a director's cut where we see, like, kind of behind the scenes. Uh, this is kind of popular in comics lately. You see a lot of this stuff in trades now. But basically, it's just, like, scripting, over-paneling, and stuff like that. Did you read that at all? Have you ever seen these before? I just skimmed over Yeah. 
I don't know if you would find that interesting or not, kind of how you make a comment. No, I do. In fact, I one of the things as I was flipping through this that I noticed right away is, you know, when they, I guess when they draw in pencils, this whole area is just white and it has X's in it. And my first That's for black, was, yeah. Yeah, what is that for? And then when I looked down, it was like, oh, that tells the inker, just fill it in. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. All right, cool. I guess that's really all we have to say about this. I won't talk too much about where we think is going. Obviously, he's going to Madripoor. Obviously. <laughs> he's not going to take uh, Dr. Richard's advice. Nope. Dr. Fantastic. I'm, I'm for now on, that's what I'm calling him. He's Dr. Fantastic. Screw Mr. Fantastic. Dr. Fantastic. Or Dr. Stretcho. All right, well, let's move on to the uh, Professor X's will, because he already died. Moving on. <laughs> I shot the Watcher, but I did not shoot Nick Fury. That's right. It's time for our original sin update. Update, update. Our very last one. Oh, dear. Say say adios to our theme song. Good thing I came up with another one. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) One man's ending is another's beginning. That's right. Anyway, we have original sin number eight of eight, the final judgment. Dun, dun, dun. Or The One Who Watches. That's creepy. (laughs) Written by Jason Aaron. Art by Mike Diodato. Colors by Frank Martin. Letters by VC's Chris Eliopoulos. And the cover by Julian Tatino Tedesco. And on the cover, we have a chalk outline of the Watcher with some blood splatter. And then inside the sin, we have the Watchers hovering over a glowing figure and our heroes attacking it. Giant toga-wearing babies right there, folks. Yep, they're watching us. They're creepy. <laughs> so, original... Who changes their diaper? Who changes their diaper? Yeah. Um, the stars. Oh, okay. Little anthropomorphic Disney stars. Awesome. And they go, and they pull the diaper apart between two little stars. And they fly off, and then two other little stars come in and wipe their ass, and then, you know, it, just, it goes like that. So when the, the cold air hits them, do you think they pee all over the stars? Probably, yeah, right in their little faces. Awesome. <laughs> okay, so... It's petastic. <laughs> I'm going to leave that in there, so you can be ashamed of it for the rest of your life. All right, so, original sin is over. Nick Fury killed the Watcher. Then, as punishment, he became some kind of half-Watcher. And then Winter Soldier will take Nick Fury's place. And what makes all of Original Sin just seem like a big commercial for the new Winter Soldier series. And, all right, what are you going to grade Original Sin number eight? I'm only going to give it three out of six because I didn't understand the eyeball at the end, the orb. Yeah, who cares? Um, Okay. (laughs) I'm going to give it two out of six claws. Still really enjoyed the art. That was about it. I hate to say this story wasn't interesting at all, but I'm going to say the story wasn't very interesting at all. Um, No, it wasn't. But we have our original sin kind of tie-in in Uncanny X-Men number 25. This is written by Brian Michael Bendis with pencils by Chris Piccolo. We have an army of inkers, which is not usually a good sign. Um, Tim Townsend, Mark Irwin, Jaime Mendoza, Victor Olazaba, and Al Bay, which makes me just think of Oi Bay. Yeah, they did the inks. Uh, Piccolo did his own colors and the cover. Uh, what's on the cover? Why, it actually looks like a Mondrian. It's got the color blocks and it's got Cyclops and I'm guessing that's supposed to be Frost. Either Emma or Magic, I'm not sure. And it's very, um, like, English 80s line art. I think it's a pretty cool cover. 
it is really cool and it's a nice it's fashionable it is it did it reminded me of a fashion cover it is a nice uh what's the word i'm looking for homage and no um escape from the everyday looking yes comic yeah, covers I agree with that. all right so what happens in this book so basically, Xavier kind of, it, it opens up with Xavier explaining about this one time when all the X-Men were on a mission, he went into Cerebro and he discovered this mutant who was so powerful yeah. that he couldn't wait for the, the X-Men to come back. He had to go hunt him down himself. Right. And he's explaining all this from his holographic will. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he explains how he <clears throat> found the kid. The kid's name is... I can't remember the kid's Matthew name. Matthew Malloy. Matthew Malloy. And Matthew's only eight. And apparently Matthew has this ability. He's hyper-destructive. Yeah, he has this ability to take, I'm guessing, his thoughts and pull energy from other worlds. Yeah, that's basically what they told us. I saw on Twitter. <laughs> I know. I wish I could remember who said this so I could give you the proper credit, but I'm sorry. I don't remember which one of my... Many brilliant Twitter friends said this. Someone said his mutant, he had the mutant power of retcon. I was see when I was reading this, I was like, he has the mutant power of a temper tantrum. Oh, that too. Yeah. So since this is the episode of Jason nitpicking. <laughs> okay. It really bugged me that he had a Wolverine toy when Professor X talked about how this was a mission during a mission of the original X-Men before Wolverine was... An X-Man. Well, he has a Spider-Man, too. Well, yeah, but Spider-Man would have been around. Oh, okay. And so would the whole... And Hulk? Okay. And Thing, and probably the dinosaur dude and Thing, Thing, Boom. I don't remember. So. Anyway, Wolverine, definitely not. Okay. Flaw. So, yeah, that kind of bugged me. In a way, it probably shouldn't have, but yeah. whatever. So anyway, um, Xavier, the only way he can actually talk to the child is to take on a child's form. But with all this information... Well, the, no, to take on a childish form. A chi- Sorry, yeah. a childish form. The X-Men kind of get overloaded. They pause it. <laughs> they have a, you know, like your nice look, Dazzler. Dazzler's super, super gothic emo. Yeah, yeah, whatever she is. Yeah. When I say that, it's like Marilyn Manson and Miley Cyrus had a baby. Yeah. So anyway, basically some of these X-Men are getting pissed off. Some are just like... Oh, this is awkward. And then they decide they're going to press play because they want to hear what it has to say. So Xavier comes to the kid as a kid-like form named Charlie. And basically... His his younger self. Yeah, they bond. And Xavier puts up a wall in this kid's head so that he's not as destructive. He can't can't, uh, access his powers. Right. And apparently Matthew... Uh, shares with Charles that he doesn't know where his parents are. He got mad at him and they just disappeared, right. which, eek. <laughs> yeah, he probably killed him. And Scott's a little dismayed by this. He thinks Xavier is a hypocrite because and no... He is. Well, and Xavier even explains, like, this kid, this kid's power was so destructive that Xavier himself thought about taking out the kid. Right. Um, He's proving once again that Professor X is a dick. Yeah. And Scott gets pissed and he's like, you hypocrite. Like, you've always said, leave no X-Men, you know, behind. And here you are, like, you took down this kid's defenses and just stuck him in an orphanage. And Professor X kind of explains, you know, hey, I did go back every year and checked on the kid. 
And I guess as the kid got older, the walls started to come down. Yeah. You started to recognize that a Charlie was not Charlie. And um, So Professor X revealed his real self. Yeah, and Charlie basically and said... kind of realized what he had done. Kind yeah. of started to put two and two together. Well, I think it started to come back to him. Like, I think yeah. the walls started to fall down a little bit faster. So he actually asks Xavier to kill him. And Xavier's like, no, but no. I can try to re-put the blocks back up. Yeah. So, um, basically, that ends the hologram, and Xavier tells the X-Men, I have one more mission for you, and then I'll finish my will. And your right. mission is to go check on Matthew. No, it's, it's a little more dramatic than that. His mission is for a team of Wolverine and Cyclops together. Right, and, and we, to take Rachel or their strongest psychic. Right, in case she's dead or something. Right. <laughs> Or you found someone more powerful than her to go and make sure that the walls are still in place and if they're not, to fix them. Right. And then we see the kid using his power and it looks like he may have killed somebody again. Yeah. That is a body, right? Or is it just more rocks that looks like a body? Um, it's hard I'm to assuming, tell, I think that's a head. Oh, I was going to say that's some sort of mask or something. So yeah. some, he's destroying somebody. Maybe someone attacked him. Yeah. Trying to find him. But there's a giant crater. And wasn't there one where a guy made a crater and he didn't know how he did it? Yeah, Am I thinking of no, it? No, that's right. That was a different character. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. And that's where it ends. Yeah. So the X-Men, are, I guess, are going to they're gonna follow old Chucklehead's um, advice and take his mission and go find the kid. He, there's a couple of parts I thought were really funny. Uh, Cyclops is bitching about Professor X and Iceman's like, well, why don't you just go kill him again? Yeah. I did think that was funny. And then there was one really funny part that I really enjoyed as a Wolverine fan, and I'm trying to find it real fast. Is it the one where Wolverine says something to the effect of like, No, no, don't bite it. Yeah, he's talking to She-Hulk, remember, is the lawyer. And everyone's kind of freaking out, and Wolverine's just kind of leaning on the desk, and he goes, I think I'm behaving quite well, and I'd like wanting you to acknowledge it. (laughs) (laughs) And I love how they're like, do we need to take another break? The group as a whole is not really handling this news well. No, and why would they? I mean, right. I did also, I like the art, but there's one panel where Professor X looks like the girl from the first Star Trek movie. Yes, I thought the exact same thing. Actually, um, there was a lot of panels I thought yeah. kind of looked like that. I find it interesting that Professor X kept this child a secret. And how does this intermingle with, oh, by the way, I married Mystique. Yeah, I kept waiting for that to come together. Like, you know, does he know he has a baby? Right. Like, I really thought that would be like what the will would be about. Right. Like, you have to go save my baby and, and prevent, you know, in a way, prevent all battle of the atom and all that jazz. Right. But it's not. It's some other kid with a power I don't know if I like or not. But it just, I don't know. It's just Professor X being Professor X. He justifies things when he wants to justify them and goes about his merry business being the, um, the most megalomaniac good guy you ever know. <laughs> He's our anti-hero. He's not even an anti-hero. I mean, he really tries to be heroic. He's just so self-obsessed. I guess I don't know enough about Xavier, too. Yeah. All right. He's just always, like, he just assumes that he always knows the best thing to do. And, like, his will is might. I don't know. He is Professor X. Yes. Yeah. He holds a one degree higher than the rest of them. Anyway, um, so what do you think of the art? The art was hit or miss in certain places. Yeah, I did really enjoy the colors. So I thought Bakalo did a good job yeah. on his own colors. Yeah, overall, I, I'm a Bakalo fan, and overall, I still enjoyed it. Yeah, I was, I was fine with it. I enjoyed the storyline. I, I thought there were a few little holes here and there, like 
how does this kid relate to him being married to Misty? Or is that just sort of like bonus? <gasps> gasping. I think it's just, by the way, uh, this kid could destroy the world, you know. So go take care of him, and then we'll talk about the rest of my stuff. Yeah. And by the way, I'm married to Mystique. Yeah. And of course, he knows, I'm assuming at the time that he's making this will, he's aware of the schism between Scott and Logan. Which, of course, is his way of like... Yeah, like he's going to... If I send them on an important mission, they'll realize how much they still love each other. And then it'll bring them closer together. Of course, is this going to be Wolverine's last mission? How many last missions is he going to have? Well, he's got, what, a month to die? (laughs) No, he's he's already started dying. <laughs> That's right. He's slowly so, going downhill. Right. Scott's just got to outlive him. So, but I like the interplay. I thought there were several other, I mean, we kind of talked about a couple, but I thought there was quite a few funny, snappy moments. There was. That's, that's business for you. Nice wit. And I like the story. Uh, it doesn't make Professor X out to be very good, but I liked all the drama between yeah. every, in the interpersonal like, storm and we'll, uh, Cyclops kind of had a little th- conversation. I liked how, because this is true with any loss, you know, you have mismatched people being brought together because in, at some point they feel connected because of their, their feelings of grief. And so I like that. Like I liked, you know, people who I wouldn't put together. I wouldn't have put Hank and Dazzler together. And yet they sat there and had a decent conversation. And so I enjoyed that sort of realistic aspect. And I like the part Storm and Cyclops are both, like they're talking just- to each other and they're worried that like well if mystique is his wife does she get the school and they're both like no way in hell is she coming on this property right <laughs> bring it and they, they kind of have each other's back on that so i enjoyed that you know our kind of two oldest leaders of the x-men and then we got to see a uh, nightcrawler and kitty kind of bond a little bit are they a thing no they're just really they go back a long ways well i know so he creeped really her out friends. at first right like way, 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 yeah, way, way right. back yeah. in the day. Yeah, but then they got to be like best of friends, and they even went off to Excalibur together. And that crawl was like, I wish you'd come back. But yeah, I just, overall, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. So what do you want to grade on Kenny X-Men number 25? I'm going to give it four out of six. Okay, I'm going to give it five out of six, just for the dialogue. Okay. So, Well, that is our last, well, I don't actually, I don't know. Yeah, we'll make that our, our, our official last original sin update. I don't know if. This uncanny story will still carry the original Sin banner or not, but we're done because the series is over. Thank goodness. <laughs> I shot the Watcher, but I did not shoot Nick Fury. But please do. Please shoot Nick Fury. All right. So that's going to do it for episode 101. We started the death of Wolverine. We finished original Sin. And next time will be more death of Wolverine. <laughs> Please leave an iTunes review. Uh, go to the webpage, snickcast.podbean.com for show notes and stuff like that. Like the Facebook page. Send an email to our lonely inbox, snickcast at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter, at snickcast. And I think that about does it. So, until next time, hugs and snicks. Bye. Bye.